So the KBO opened their season last Tuesday, one of the first professional leagues to open uh, during this uh, coronavirus pandemic. And so it gained a lot of worldwide attention, including in the U.S., where the major sports broadcaster ESPN uh, agreed to carry some of those games. They will be carrying games six games, six times per week. Uh, This is the only available baseball action For fans in the U.S., as the MLB has been on an indefinite leave uh, with the country there still suffering from COVID-19. So uh, to give us a sense of what's going on, we're very pleased to have joining us uh, Dan Kurtz. He's been following the league for two decades. He is uh, the uh, head and founder of MyKBO.net, essentially considered the number one. Worldwide evangelist for Korean baseball joining us on the line right now. Hello. Hello. I don't know if I'm the worldwide top (laughs) evangelist, but I am a fan and been a fan of the league for 20 years. So thank you for that introduction. I'm I'm honored to be on. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, considering uh, how many other uh, media appearances that I'm sure you've been called upon uh, uh, for you to make the time to join our humble program certainly is an honor for us as well, Dan. Uh, MyKBO.net, I've been a member of your Facebook group as well, mostly as a lurker, just kind of interesting to see the the banter going back and forth with all of the fans. fans uh, around the league. Uh, you started this uh, group uh, decades ago. Did you ever imagine that the uh, group would all of a sudden explode in, in popularity, of course, awareness uh, because of this coronavirus pandemic? If you would have told me 20 years ago that I would be, you know, sitting in the year 2020 here in the United States talking to my friends about KBO baseball and possibly who they should root for because it's going to be on the channel ESPN, I would have said, you're joking. There's no way that's going to happen. Uh, I've been amazed. It's been surreal, and it's been incredible as a KBO fan myself. And uh, you have... uh indeed uh, made appearances uh, with these major uh, U.S. media outlets, including uh, MLB, uh, 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 the ESPN outlet. Do you uh, get a sense that uh, the the fans around the world, including over in the U.S., um, they have gained uh, an appreciation of the KBO despite its uh, quirks that we've all been long accustomed to, at least longtime observers of the KBO? Sure. I've been overwhelmed by how positive fans and baseball fans specifically have been towards the KBO. Uh, I am on Twitter. I'm on social media. And as you know, that brings out various various viewpoints, Mm -hmm. sometimes very negative. So I was expecting some maybe very negative and maybe because I specifically deal with Korean baseball that people don't feel that they should at me some negative comments. But honestly, 90 to 95 percent have been completely positive. They said they enjoy this game. They say even if Major League comes back, they're going to continue waking up, having breakfast, and turning on the KBO games this season, which I think is amazing. That is amazing in the sense that I know that uh, you've talked to experts as well, and they always kind of like to put these leagues into tiers, and the the league is considered maybe uh, by consensus uh, between AA, AAA, right, Uh, in in terms of quality, uh, to have that much media focus and attention on, uh, let's say, the minor leagues, double uh, A ball, aside from, let's say, some of the uh, high school prospects that are making their way up uh, the minors uh, to eventually uh, get to the show. It's pretty remarkable for, for the KBO. What are some of the things that uh, you've been hearing about in terms of style play? I know there's the DH rule. There's uh, certain things that go on. The, one of the keys has always been, I think, the attraction to a lot of expats here in Korea has been the actual 
fans and 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 the atmosphere that uh, going to Chamsil or or uh, Sajik uh, that 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 excitement is almost as uh, exciting, if not even more, than than the game itself, right? Exactly. I mean, that's what drew me in 20 years ago when I attended my first KBO at Chamsil to watch the Doosan Bears. I was just like, holy cow, I need to go back there. It's a rock concert. I want to continue watching this game, and there's baseball going on. So that's what drew me and got me hooked. So unfortunately, fans now watching all over the world, specifically where I am in the States, don't get that same uh that same feel, even through the TV, it's very, very sterile still mm. because you can still hear the crack of the bat, but you don't hear you, you see the cheerleaders, but you don't hear the crowd singing. You just don't get that same appreciation that you would for everybody in Korea that's able to go to a game when they let the fans in and going to, you know, truly see what a KBO environment's like. So anybody that I talk to, whether it's new fans, whether it's media or anybody that I've been talking to, I say, once the fans get back, it's going to change the way that you watch the game. And whenever that you're able to jump on a plane and go over to Korea and check out a KBO game, that's the number one thing you should be doing because it is incredible and you, your, your life will change the way you look at baseball games again. It, it is uh, very interesting in, in the sense that uh, there is a difference even in the TV coverage uh, and the Ambies have been watching KBO over the past uh, few years that it's almost uh, surreal to see just the, the crack of the bat, the, the thud of the, the, the ball as it hits. It's the uh, catcher's mitt and <laughs> no other ambient sound uh, present uh, while you're watching this uh, or even just hearing the game on audio. Uh, as far as the rollout of this season, Dan, and again, as a very longtime uh, observer of the KBO and how they handle things, uh, not always perfect uh, over the years. I think we can all agree there's, there's been some mishaps and there's been some uh, mismanagement in terms of these uh, various conglomerates who, who manage their various teams. But the way they did roll it out, um, perhaps uh, trying to be cautious, but at the same time very determined to to fulfill this 144 game season despite the uh, compressed schedule and all the precautions that they have taken so far uh do you think so far so good as far as the uh, the safety is concerned well here from the united states all i know is that a lot of americans and a lot of my friends here are very jealous of mm. the people in korea that have been able to flatten the curve that have been now being rewarded by having their own pro sports league come back not just the kbo but the k-league just came back on friday so the fact that they're able that everybody in korea was able to listen to the health officials and do their part by you know social distancing staying at home and then be able to get the luxury of having pro sports back i know many many people here in america are very envious of that because here we are as an american sports fan myself i'm yeah. just sitting going I don't know when I'm going to be able to see pro sports back here in America. And when they do come back, what are they going to look like? Is it going to look like a KBO game currently right now where the, you know, there's no, no crowd, most likely? Are they only going to be based in one city, one area? Who knows how it's going to happen? But I just know that a lot of people are very envious of what's happening in Korea and even in Taiwan where they started up their baseball season because they have pro sports and we don't. Right. And so in your view, uh, I believe you're a Phillies fan, right? So if you wanted to see uh, Bryce Harper in action uh, and, and you want that to happen sooner rather than later, in your view, do you think the MLB can sort of benchmark the KBO or do you think that it really is more about the Trump administration, how they're handling the coronavirus pandemic as a whole? And that has to be taken care of. And that's really nothing the uh, MLB can do about it. I feel I feel that the... <laughs> The way Major League Baseball is, and the rest of the world, not even just the sports world, like I said, is following Korea and now the KBO's lead. And they're trying to figure out how they were able to do that, how you, how everybody in Korea is able to go out about, granted, social distancing is, is, is in play, whether you're at the baseball stadium 
or as you know, as a team or out on the streets, but how everybody is able to do that compared to what we are here in the United States, where as you know, I just went, I literally just went to the grocery store and I had to wait in line six feet away, you know, just just follow all the mm. rules just to go get a few groceries. And I talked to my friends that are in Korea, and they're like, yeah, yeah, people are, people were going out. Now I did see a little bit of an uptick here from the Taiwan um, right. club or something that's yeah. going on, but even that uptick. Is just a blip on how many cases and everything that's happening here in our area where I am in Washington State. Right. Uh, just a final uh, point then for all our listeners out there. Uh, granted, this is more of a domestic audience, but uh, maybe somebody still on the fence as to whether they should be uh, bothering to follow the KBO or not. What do you think? What would be the pitch to, to, to be a fan of the KBO? The way that I always say is it's not, it's not major league quality caliber. But it is something that is completely different. It's not trying to be the major leagues. It is the KBO, and that's what truly makes it unique. You don't know what you're going to see from one game to the next. Yesterday's game just were in, was an example of that. We call that the KBO-ness of the KBO. <laughs> you had large, large leads being, you know, right. being blown, and then exciting games ending in like uh, an error, and then Dusan was able to walk it off there. I mean, that stuff you just don't see in in some major leagues. But right. you know what? If you go in looking for that kind, of, looking at the major leagues and trying to look at the KBO and that gauge, you're just not going to have fun because it's the KBO. It's It's a different league. Yeah. It's a fun league. It's entertaining. And just enjoy it for what it is. Well, give Dan Kurtz a follow and uh, join up his uh, website, mykbo.net. You can also follow him, uh, follow that site on Facebook. I'm not sure if his servers can handle the load right now with all the extra uh, members. But, Dan, thank you for joining us despite the uh, busy schedule. And best of luck to you. Thank you for having me on. This morning with Henry Shin on TBS EFM. So the Samsung Electronics Vice Chairman Lee Jae-yong, he's the de facto head of the Samsung Group had a big apology, big public apology, uh, apologizing for the group's failure to comply with laws and ethics. This was during a televised news conference. Uh, Some people feel that there is a bit of an intention behind this public apology, perhaps uh, an attempt to avoid jail time. So the sincerity of the apology has been questioned by skeptics. We're going to find out more. We're going to have the analysis of Professor Park Sang-in. He's from the Graduate School of the Public Administration at Seoul National University. He's also the chairman of the Policy Research Committee of the Citizens Coalition for Economic Justice. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Professor Park, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, first, could you briefly just walk us through the gist of Lee Jae-yong's apology, uh, which apparently was at the recommendation of this uh, Samsung Group's Legal Compliance Monitoring Commission, right? Yes. Uh, JY apologized over his association scandal and Samsung's sabotaging labor union activities. Uh, he also promised uh, not to hand down control of Samsung Group to his children and vows to observe Korean laws from now on. However, uh, he didn't admit any wrongdoings specifically, even if he was found guilty for uh, embezzlement and the bribery of uh, 8 million U.S. dollars at the spring of last year. So no 
admittance of guilt or wrongdoing, and that would have legal ramifications, I, I think, for his lawyers as they are uh, still pursuing uh, that court case. Uh, one question about the managerial power. So basically, uh, the, he is pledging that they're not going to do the North Korean-style succession, right, from Kim Il-sung to Kim Jong-il to, uh, to Kim Jong-un. He's not going to do the Lee Byung-yeol to Lee Gon-hee to Lee Jae-yong to now. His kids... Uh, that's, you know, it's more of a do what I say, not as I do. But what, what's your take on that? Uh, before I go to there, uh, let me clarify one thing. That his guilty verdict is all fixed. Yeah, yeah. Sprinkled. So that, uh, even though he, whether he make an apology or not, that doesn't change the, right. his uh, guilty status of the bribery and the embezzlement. It's just whether he goes to jail or not. Right. So the, the sentencing is another issue. Right. But anyway, so, but even though it is the fixed one, but he didn't uh, specifically uh, make any uh, comments or the apology for that uh, at all. Uh, his statement, that's what I, I tried to point out. Okay. And uh, his uh, promise uh, not handing down the control of Samsung Group to his children, uh, I basically believe it is an empty promise mm. because... Uh, there is no way uh, to take him, uh, to hold him accountable, even if he does not keep the promise in the future. So there is no way to hold him accountable if he's um, found to be later on uh, given a light sentence, not not uh, put put in jail. There's really nothing that we can do as a public necessarily uh, to to stop him from pursuing uh, a another sort of handover to his children. Uh, what what is this idea about? You mentioned he he is not talking about wrongdoing and he's not admitting guilt, although the court of law has found him guilty. But what is this promise to make sure no more controversies arise over the group's? leadership succession? That is basically uh, for the uh, lenient uh, sentencing rulings at the ongoing uh, uh, sentencing trial at High Court of Seoul. Uh, you know, uh, the judge, presiding judge of the sentencing trial asked Samsung to establish so-called compliance monitoring commission right. or, right. or the committee. And the, that committee recommended JY to make such a public apology, but there is a kind of a uh, scenario uh, uh, for uh, leading to the you know uh, so-called three uh, five rule in uh, Korea, which is really a notorious uh, uh, judicial capture case. I think you know three mm. five rule means basically uh, you ha- you have the three year uh, jail sentence which is suspended for five years, right. and then it is exempted if no further violation occurs during the suspended period of time. So this 3-5 rule specifically applies to the founder family of Korean Jebel. So this is not a, a, law, a rule of law anymore. If we do have this kind of you know, long uh, judicial, judicial practice, but... Uh, I'm really afraid that this apology uh, is a way to have that kind of, uh, you know, uh, judiciary capture again in, uh, for the JYD. Yeah, to follow up on that, uh, there has been some skepticism expressed uh, by uh, certain reporters, most prominently uh, the, the famous reporter uh, Chu Jinu uh, and, and his uh uh, allies were they 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 do feel that this curtain presiding judge of the EJ on case is going to be leaning towards 
a more lenient sentence and that it's almost a de facto uh, <laughs> fait accompli that uh, he will uh, indeed be given a lenient sentence, uh, a non-jail term. Do you also share that skepticism with this current judge? Yes, I do. Uh, I, I have that kind of concern as well. And, uh, you know, the, uh, it's not only uh, uh, me and uh, Jujinu and others. I, the special uh, prosecutors of the trial uh, actually asked the uh, court to remove the presiding judge mm-hmm. from the case. Mm-hmm. And uh, that uh, request was rejected at the uh, higher court of Seoul, but uh, uh, the special prosecutors appeal to the Supreme Court. The case is now attending a Supreme Court, and we will see whether the Supreme Court will uh, change the uh, presiding judge from the case or not. Let's turn to another aspect of this apology, which made the headlines uh, from the reporters who were dutifully uh, writing down uh, everything that happened at this uh, press conference. You you mentioned the succession promise uh, could be just considered empty words. What about the vow to end the the ban on union mobilization among Samsung employees? Uh, Do you think that uh, indeed we will be seeing the case of Samsung workers now being able to form unions? Actually, this is not a new uh, in his uh, statement, mm-hmm. the thing is, I mean, the same kind of the apology and the promise uh, have been made uh, twice, actually, uh, since last December. Uh, I expected more than this, you know, the repetition of the uh, non-union-related statement in his apology. I, I think, I mean, it is, the non-union, uh, you know, or the sabotaging union activities at Samsung was based on the uh, long philosophy of the founder, Yi Byung-chul, mm. so-called uh, no-union policy, right. which is actually unconstitutional. So I do believe he, the JYD had to apologize for that kind of unconstitutional policy of union from the beginning of the Samsung in his statement. So uh, I, I think safe to say uh, still some skepticism there because of the fact that he did not further elaborate right, uh, on this idea of how exactly there will be a transition to uh, allow uh, some collective action by uh, Samsung employees. What do you think about the timing of this? Uh, some people saying that uh, perhaps uh, this was sort of a gift given to him. I, it, nobody really wants this pandemic to occur, but the coronavirus pandemic cer- certainly seems to have <laughs> given Samsung a little bit of uh, a little bit of a cover here uh, in terms of trying to now uh, maneuver to a, a different footing. Uh, he did mention this uh, crisis uh, and that uh, he wants Samsung to be sort of like how Korea has uh, shown itself to be a very, very mm-hmm. strong country. Uh, is, is this sort of time, do you think, strategically in terms of uh, how he is issuing the apology and, of course, this looming uh, sentencing? I do believe so. It was a very strategic uh, maneuver by J.Y. Lee and uh, Samsung uh, among uh, in, in, you know, in, in, in the middle of the, you know, pandemic uh, and uh, uh, at, uh, in, in the timing of the, the uh, his sentencing trial. So uh, it has been very strategic, and uh, but we, we, without any, you know, specific apologies and the promises at all. So uh, it is more kind of gimmick, in my opinion, uh, to get some lenient uh, rulings and to uh, have some influence on public opinion uh, for the lenient ruling set by, uh, maybe delivered by the, uh, the judge uh, at the uh, current uh, presiding judge of the trial. 
if I'm JYLE and Samsung really believes the integrity of national integrity of Korea, I do believe it had to begin with uh, uh, the uh, realization of the uh, rule of uh, rule of law uh, mm. to this case. Because, you know, uh, the crime the JYD has committed is a very serious one. It right. is, you know, embezzlement and the bribery of uh, 8 million U.S. dollars. Then, right. uh, in ordinary case, a person who uh, committed uh, such kind of crime had to serve more than 10 years in jail in Korea. But if the law and the, the sentence applies to JYD differently because he is the vice chairperson of Samsung Electronics and the, a member of the founder family, that means it, it is not a, the, the rule of law. So that is the really a shame of Korean judiciary system and uh, Korea. So that violates significantly national integrity. So, you know, people of Korea, you know, now are proud of the national integrity because of so-called, uh, you know, the uh, K, uh, right. so the uh, but the thing is, I mean, if the sentence goes like uh, the old times of the uh, so-called 35 rule, then I did, it is a serious you know, shame and a serious violation of national integrity of Korea. Well, I know that you and your organization uh, and many others around are going to keep a very close eye uh, on what goes on. I'm not uh, not necessarily hearing a lot of optimism in this uh, case in terms of whether justice will be served uh, from your perspective, but uh, we certainly uh, will uh, wait and see uh, what happens and hopefully uh, bring you back in and uh, get your analysis uh, once again. Professor Park Sang-in, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, appreciate your insights and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. All right, well, uh, we are going to move into the uh, second hour of the program. We've got a lot more in store. Before we get there, let's have another check of traffic and weather. I'm Natalie Sog and here's your latest traffic and weather update. Starting off with the weather, we're waking up to cloudy skies and it's going to get cloudier during the day. Gyeongsang Province and Jeju Island are clear this morning, but we have thick foggy conditions in the north of Tolla, Gyeongsang Provinces and Jeju Island with visibility below 200 metres. And Gyeonggi, south of Chungcheong Province and parts of Gangwon are also foggy, so do drive carefully in these conditions. A light drizzle is in the forecast starting from the west coast of central regions tonight and early tomorrow morning it'll expand to the rest of the central areas and the north of Tolla and Gyeongsang provinces. So if you're in these areas, don't forget to grab an umbrella on your way out. Meanwhile, the northern parts of eastern Gangwon province are feeling strong winds of up to 65 kilometers per hour and 90 in some parts. And also air quality will be temporarily bad during the morning in the metropolitan area, eastern Gangwon and south of Chungcheong province, while the rest of the country has normal levels. Temperature-wise, currently it's 14 degrees Celsius in Seoul, 15 in Gwangju and 16 in Yeosu. And the highs are going to climb to 21 degrees Celsius in Seoul, 25 in Gwangju and 24 in Yeosu. 
As for the traffic, Dongbu Highway Songsu Junction direction is heavily congested from Wolge First Bridge to Songdong Junction, and Pukbu Highway Chongam Junction direction from Kurishige to Wollong Junction, and Sobo Highway Kumcheon Interchange direction is jammed up from Songsan to Kumcheon Bridge. Also, cars are moving slow on Olympic Highway Kimpo bound from south of Amsa to south of Cheongdam Bridge. That's your latest traffic and weather update this morning on TBS EFM. TBS EFM. Seoul Smarts, your one-stop guide to living in Seoul from TBS EFM. On this Seoul Smarts National Volunteer Portal, if you've ever been interested in spending your spare time for good, head on over to the official portal for volunteers at 1365.go.kr. The website allows you to search and register for volunteering activities all across the country. After participating in volunteer work, you can track your total hours and get official certification if needed. 1365 members are also fully covered by insurance during volunteer events. Visit the portal or your local volunteer center for more detailed information on how to become a member, get connected with organizations, and start volunteering. Soul Smarts. Get the latest living tips on TBS EFM 101.3. In order to prevent a second wave of COVID-19, We must practice everyday life quarantine, which means all of us will spend more time at home. This often leads to a weakened immune system. To give our immunity a boost, it is recommended to incorporate sessions of home workouts into our routines. Various exercises don't require any equipment, like push-ups, burpees, and planks. Stretching is another helpful way to keep our bodies well. It is especially important to take care of our bodies properly this season. Find a workout routine that works for you to keep your body fit. Time is 8 a.m.